God has blessed us, my brothers and my sisters, to see the dawn of a new month and this first Sunday. So we are praising God for this marvelous opportunity. How blessed we are to have those of us who really want to come out to the house of the Lord. And you are here today. And our blessings are with you today. I would ask you to turn in your Bibles to Corinthians, to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. In Hebrews 13 and 1, it says very simply, let brotherly love continue. Nehemiah 8 and 5 says that when he opened the book, all the people stood up. Let brotherly love continue. Now the word also in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, and I'm sure that all of us are familiar with this love chapter, says that now abided faith, hope, and love, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. The New Living Bible says in that 13th one, says continue to love each other with true Christian love. What a blessing. Now would you turn to someone and tell them, say to someone, it's time to continue. It's time to continue. In brotherly love. Either we live like brothers. Either we live like brothers and sisters. Or we shall perish as food. Amen. God bless you. Come on with it. Drop the hammer down. My brothers and my sisters, the primary need of the world today is some brotherly love. And when I say brotherly love, I'm also talking about sisterly love. God knows that there is enough hate in the world. It's time to stop hating on folks. I know there is no hatred here in Great Abyssinia Baptist Church. It's all out there. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what she did to me. Well, I know that she hasn't done anything to you that you have not done to her. All of us have spewed out some hatred at some time or another. And all I'm saying this morning is it's time to stop hating on folks. Love is the great need of the world today. Martin Luther King Jr. declared a long time ago that if mankind does not learn how to live together as brothers and sisters, we are going to die as fools. The author of Hebrews says, let brotherly love continue. That love should be a significant part of a Christian life. And the Bible instructs us how to show this love one for another. The term brotherly love is translated from the Greek word Philadelphia, which is a compound of two Greek words, phile and 
means I love and Adelphius means brother. Never has there been such a solemn warning. Never has this solemn warning been so apropos as right now in this world. We need to love one another. The essence of the Christian faith is love. John 3.16 encapsulates the true nature of the Christian faith. You've heard it before. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is where life begins. Love is where living begins. The proof of God's love for us was shown in the gift of his only begotten son. In 1 John 4 and 9, following it says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, he says, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation right. for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Yeah. And something else, y'all have heard, he loved us so much, he died for us while we were yet sinners. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, well, Philip, you know what I'm talking about. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love is that magnetic power that allows us to live together as brothers and sisters. It attracts pure hearts and all to God. It throws a wondrous power over sinful opposition. Love is the great law of gravity in God's spiritual universe. It binds each arm and keeps its coherent while it rolls all the harmony around the grand central sun. Love is the vitalizing principle of truth and experience and duty. Love concentrates individual piety in intense beauty in the character of the church while it unifies and employs all of the strength of the church in its sacred mission here on earth. Brotherly love is a grace absolutely necessary in today's world. It's the foundation of wherein all duties that have relation to the brethren are elected. Brotherly love is one of the finest and fairest and most glorious flowers in the Christian garden. It makes men amiable before God and man. It sends forth a sweet fragrance, savor, wheresoever it is. The text word emanates from the heart and soul of the Apostle Paul this morning. And in it, during a period when Christianity was being attacked severely from without and within, those who were strict adherents to Judaism looked upon Christianity as a competing religion which was making serious inroads into their predominant status. The Roman government perceived Christians to be a group of rebellious fanatics who preferred death to worshiping Caesar. They looked upon their religious fervor as a serious threat to the stability of the Roman government. The Christians who were being addressed in the epistle to Hebrews 
found themselves in a wedge between Jewish traditionalism and Roman secularism, and they knew that severe persecution was well within the realm of possibility. It is upon this background that the writer to the Hebrews gave the strong admonition, let brotherly love continue. Don't allow the threat of persecution to weaken your Christian commitment. Don't allow the opposition from your enemies to destroy your relationship with your friends. Don't allow the fear of death to take away the spice of life. Don't let the fear of what might happen to your body take away the joy of your soul. It means let brotherly love continue. Well, what is brotherly love? It has been said rightly in so many instances that the best way to find out what something is is to first find out what it's not. On the merits of that promise, let us proceed to see what brotherly love is not. Brotherly love is not something, has nothing to do with our common parents, our human blood. All through the Bible, y'all help me now, all through the Bible, all through the Bible, you find persons who were brothers in the flesh, uh -huh. who were nothing which resembled brotherly love. Uh -huh. You remember Cain killed his brother, Abel. Esau and Jacob hated each other with a passion. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Absalom, Adonai, and Solomon, three half-brothers who were sons of David, were bitterest enemies. And the prodigal son brother who remained at home had no love for him. So you see, brotherly love has nothing to do with common parents and human blood. Human blood is not always thicker than water. There ought to be some strong family tie between those who are brothers of the flesh. But you know as well as I do that this is not always the case. Brotherly love has nothing to do with a person's gender. Brotherly love has no sexual connotation. It is not limited to males. Women can practice it just like men. Brotherly love is more concerned with theology than it is with biology. It is predicated upon the condition of the soul as opposed to the composition of the body. Therefore, the women are not left out when the admonition is given to let brotherly love continue. It embraces women and men alike. So Paul, in this first letter to Corinthians, addresses the subject of brotherly love in a most graphic and comprehensive manner. Before he tells us what it is, he gives us a detailed list of practices which it is not. Brotherly love is not speaking in tongues. It is not unintelligible babbling. Though I might get caught up in a state of spiritual ecstasy and other words which are unknown to men as well as angels. The only thing I've proven is that I can keep I, is that I can keep up with a whole lot of noise. My ability to speak in tongues has nothing to do with brotherly love. This is truly a case in which you have, have one speaking without the other. And when you do your, your speaking in tongues is nothing but a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Brotherly love had nothing to do with prophetic preaching extraordinary understanding of mysteries, the accumulation of extensive knowledge, and to top it all off, the possession of mountain-moving faith. A person may have all these gifts and still not have brotherly love. You may look through the telescope of time and predict with utmost accuracy 
what is going to happen 10 years from today. You may be able to pinpoint the exact place where it would happen, and you may be able to give the hour and the minute. You may accumulate so much knowledge that you will be looked upon as a walking encyclopedia, a living library, and a human computer, but you still don't have love. You may have so much unrelenting and unwavering faith that you can walk up to the foot of a great mountain and without batting an eye, speak it to it and say, get out of my way. And it might vanish in the twinkling of an eye. Yes, you may be able to do all of that and still not have brotherly love. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going somewhere, y'all. And you may go to great extremes in practicing benevolence and still not have brotherly love. You may give your last dime to feed some hungry beggar without having the slightest touch of brotherly love. You see, ostentatious showmanship can sometimes outshine genuine stewardship. That giving which is not motivated by sincere care and concern does not impress God. You can even give your body to be burned and not have brotherly love. You can literally saturate yourself with gasoline. You can strike a match to yourself and become a burning sacrifice for some worthy cause and not know one thing about brotherly love. People will go to great extremes just to get some publicity. They're motivated by the desire of recognition rather than brotherly love. That's the way it is, y'all. Now that we have looked at some of the things which brotherly love is not, let us look at a few things which brotherly love really is. If we're going to continue, we must have necessity to know what it is. The first characteristic of brotherly love is patience. Can I get a witness here? Have patience with one another. Ephesians 4 and 2 said, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another's burden. Brother love is long-suffering. The person who possesses brother love has the capacity to endure rejection, verbal insults, open hostility without throwing in the towel. Can I get a witness? Talk about me as much as you please. I'll talk about you when I get on my knee. Brotherly love can withstand heartaches, heartbreaks, disappointments, trials, and tribulation without losing hope. Far too many of us who feel that we are moral and spiritually strong have very little patience with those who are very weak. Brotherly love is characterized by patience and long-suffering. Those who have been blackballed by the Christian community are crying out and begging, please be patient with me. God has not abandoned me. Please be patient with me. God has not disowned me. Be patient with me. If God has not given up on me, why are you so anxious to get rid of me? If God is willing to give me another chance, why must you turn a deaf ear to my cry? If God in all of his righteousness can forgive me for what I've done, why is it that with all of your faults and failures find it necessary to treat me like an outsider? Y'all ain't helping me today. Be patient with me. God ain't through with me yet. Try to tolerate my shortcomings. Help me to overcome my weaknesses. I'm not ready to be carried to the junkyard. Don't throw me in the trash can. You ain't so hot yourself. Don't call me low down, no good. 
just because I make a few mistakes, try to look beyond my faults and see my need. God is still working on me, and I'm going to come forth as gold. Instead of throwing people out and cutting them up, and cutting them off, more involved with showing compassion, giving a little encouragement, bring them back into the fold. Help me, Holy Ghost. Brotherly love is not only patience, it's kindness. Somebody ought to help me here. It's expressed through kindness in the church today. Oh, what a shortage of kindness among members of the same church. For every kind which is spoken, two harsh, unkind words are also spoken. In some religious circles, kindness is becoming a rare commodity. In some churches, kindness has almost become an endangered species. Many of us who wear the Christian label major in backbiting, backstabbing, and character association. It's a wonder that our telephone don't have to be emptied and cleaned out like cesspool because of the great abundance of filth we talk into them every day. We seem to have an obsession with digging up past sin on our fellow members. We like to expose their long-kept secrets and we like to hang out that dirty linen for the general public to use. We get a kick out of slinging mud and destroying reputation. We know just how to get the attention of our partners in gossip. We call them up and utter those three magic words, have you heard, honey? And what follows after that is so much poisonous slime that it would rot a metal garbage can. This may sound like an extreme exaggeration, but in many congregations, which are supposed to be built on brotherly love, it is the rule rather than the exception. We are ecclesiastical prize fighters with a pugilistic mentality. I didn't, I need to be talking to somebody here. We get our fellow members against the ropes and we hit them with a series of verbal blows until they are out on the canvas. And they do succeed and if they get up before the final count, we knock them back down again. You never believe that in God's holy word we're admonished to let brotherly love continue and that one of the identifying marks of brother love is kindness. It is quite possible that if the writer to the Hebrews had had prophetic vision and could have seen the church in the 21st century, he would have said not let brother love continue. He would have said let brother love begin. I'm trying to get out of here now. Oh, what a great need for kindness among our fellow church members. If some people heard one kind word during the day, they would be better able to make it through the night. We need to stop cutting folks down and start lifting folk up. Instead of giving them the fist of rebellion, we need to start lending them a helping hand. Instead of doing people in, we need to start helping people out. Instead of speaking words of scorn, we need to speak words of comfort. Instead of being mean, we ought to be gentle. Let brother love continue. And it can only continue when we give out a little kindness. Well, let me try to get out of here. Finally, the third characteristic of love, which be covered in today's message, it said love envies not. The Living Bible said love is never jealous. Brotherly love cannot coexist with envy. Do you realize that jealousy is the greatest deterrent to all around health in existence? 
Jealousy affects a person physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. People who allow themselves to be overcome with jealousy can't digest their food properly. Can y'all listen to me? They can't think rationally. They can't act decently. And they can't love tenderly. When you allow jealousy to take control of your life, you rob yourself of reaching your greatest potential. When you're watching somebody else forward progress, you can't see how to get far yourself. Jealousy is a cancer. It's like a cancer. It eats away the fiber and the fabric of your very being and saps all the strength of your spiritual life. It makes, your, makes you lose your spiritual weight and takes away your appetite for good spiritual food. All ain't helping me this morning. Jealousy has caused more conflict in the church than any other product of the devil. Jealousy has produced more backsliders and more church dropout than any weapon in Satan's arsenal. There's no need for us to be jealous of each other. There's no need for us to be envious of other folks' looks, how they look. God made them. Other folks' position, other folks' talent. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about somebody else's job other people's money thank God for you what God has given you can't nobody take what God wants you to have you're going to get it whether they like it or not God knows how much we can handle when we become jealous of others we're really saying to God God you've not been fair with me God you're not an equal opportunity God when you express jealousy you're really saying that you can run God's business a little better than he can Oh, it could be that the reason we don't have more is because we have we looking at other folks better than we are looking at ourselves. Don't blame God if you have not used the talent which he gave you. Don't be jealous of somebody else just because they took advantage of their opportunities which were open to them. If brotherly love is going to continue, then, then jealousy has got to get out the way. If brotherly love continues, envy is going to have to get out of the way. God forgives, then you and I ought to forgive. Let me try to get out of here. A deacon in the church on one occasion had a grudge against another deacon. I don't know whether that ever happened or not these days. But he had even forgotten what the grudge was over. That's often the case. But he still was not going to forgive his brother. The deacon with the grudge sadly took sick and he was lying on his deathbed. And all the other deacons, bar one, came to see him. They said, my dear brother, you're not going to get into eternity with this grudge in your heart. Do you know that God doesn't want to meet you with a grudge toward someone else? God doesn't want to meet you with an unforgiving spirit. Why don't you just let us go away from here and tell the other brother deacon that you have forgiven him. The deacon looked at him. He said, did you really, did the doctor really say that I was going to die? They said, yeah. He said you were going to die. He said, well, go off and tell the deacon that I've forgiven him. But remember, if I get better, the deal is off. If I get better, 
the deal is off. My brothers and my sisters, that's the way we behave today. Isn't it sometimes toward our brethren? Even when we do not speak words of forgiveness. Somebody said, to love the world to me is no chore. My big trouble is the man next door. Can I get a witness here? I said, let brother let love continue. Let it roll down like waters. Let it run down like a mighty stream. Let somebody love somebody. Let it continue. Let it continue until sleeping members wake up. Let it continue till feuding members make up. Let it continue till frowning members smile up. Let it continue till lazy members get up. Let it continue until stingy members pay up. Let it continue until dirty members clean up. Let it continue until crooked members straighten up. Let it continue until dark gossiping members shut up. Oh Lord, let me get out of here now. And I tell you, when you do that, when you do that, you'll be able to sing, Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, seeking to rise no more. But, that's a big but, y'all. Now, that's a big but, y'all. But, the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the water, lifted me. Now, save, save.